0: Oh Oh. glory, glory, oh hallelujah, praise the Lord, fill my cup Lord. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord, isn't it wonderful? Isn't, isn't God's presence wonderful? Isn't His presence wonderful? Hallelujah. We've been invited into the heavenly circle, the heavenly dance and celebration of Father, Son, Holy and Holy Ghost. <laughs> but so many people are either like the elder brother, they're sitting on the premises and don't get nothing, or they're way in the far country when they should be at home. But I believe I'm in Father's house. Do you believe you can live in Father's house? I believe I can live in Father's house. Wonderful. What a privilege it is when you get a revelation of who God is and what he's done for us. The price that's been paid and the wonder and the glory. If only God will open your eyes and open my ears and open your eyes and the understanding of your heart that there be nothing out there but it's all in God. It's all in his presence. We thank God for everything that God gives us but really it's all temporal. But what God gives you is eternal. Everything about God has no end, beginning and it has no end. It's eternal. And we have an eternal inheritance, eternal home. And we're just pilgrims passing through this world. We're like Abraham. God called him. And God is calling you. It's what the old preachers call the effectual call. But you know God is called, as Jesus said, many are called few were chosen. Why? Because they can't stand the pressure. There's pressure. There's tests. There's trials. There's opposition. But you've got somebody with you. Amen. Abraham did not know where he was going, but he knew with whom he was going. Amen. And that's the important thing. We've got to know who we're with Christ in us. We can't see God the Father, but the face of God, the part of the Godhead we can see in the Spirit has appeared to men over the centuries is Jesus. The Son of God became the Son of Man, but he's now the glorified man in the glory, our representative, so we could go to him. He's our great intercessor. He's our great high priest. And whatever we need, we have somebody to go to. It, you see, Jesus. John says in the 14th chapter, John 14, he says, If you love me, Jesus said, the Father will love you. And we will come. We, Father and Son will come and abide and live with you. There is no greater thing in life for you and I is to be part of the celebrated Godhead. Father, Son and Holy Ghost. There's no division there. There's no disunity. There's no disharmony. It's all a wonderful celebration. And you know when you get hold of this, you know, when you get hold of this glory, you see, the gospel is not just Passover. It's Pentecost. And it's not just Pentecost. It's tabernacles. You're supposed to have the fullness. You're not supposed to just come out of Egypt, as it were, in sin. And you're not supposed to live in a wilderness You're supposed to live in a spiritual Canaan-type heavenly life. A life in the Spirit. Where you overcome. Because if you're above it, you're not beneath it. In Christ, you're more than a conqueror. But you've got to learn to live that life. And that's what Abraham teaches us. He's a man who God called. And he took seven steps that took him to Moriah. Over forty years probably, forty years, and suddenly the whole penny dropped. <laughs> suddenly he got it. You see, I've been on a journey of faith all my life. And someday and some some things I found very, very hard. When God disciplines you because you're not going quite right and things get hard, you're like the horse that wants to go off one way and the bridle comes on the mouth. And you've got to go God's way. See, God disciplines his children. We have a heavenly Father that disciplines us. It's not all, he's not a lollipop God giving you lollipops and candy floss. He's somebody who wants you to make it to glory. You know, the problem with God's people is they wanted a quick fix. There's no quick fix this way. No, you're in, you're in it for the long haul. We're in this for the long haul. And God doesn't want you to give in to these things that come at you from the world. You know, David slew Goliath, did he, at that battle. But you know, Goliath had four other brothers. And it wasn't until David was crowned king over all Israel that that the mighty men of David slew every one of those giants. The giants in your life are fear, lust, anger, and pride. We're not fighting literal giants. We're fighting spiritual forces that come against you to rob you of your inheritance. But I speak about David tomorrow, but today I want to speak about Abraham, because he is the father of the faith. He's the one that teaches us, as you follow his life, how you can go from just Abram to go to Abraham you can get what the old preachers called conversion. You know, many people believe that Jacob was not converted when he was called. For 20 years, he schemed. And he wheeled and he dealed. And he was a smart guy, Jacob. (laughs) You know, Laban, you could see him behind a corkscrew he was so twisted but he was smarter than Laban (laughs) he ran off with all his inheritance (laughs) he was smart because God blessed him because he honoured God but there came a point at Peniel where God touched his life and God wants to touch your life and you'll never be the same again The old Jacob was gone. And he now is Israel. God wants to give you power with God. He wants to give you an avenue that Jesus has opened into heaven itself. It's called a new and living way. And you can walk on it. And you can get there. And your minister is not in a man, but he's the person of the resurrected, glorified Christ who is your great high priest. The amazing thing about Abram is it seems in his lifetime he got a complete preview of the whole gospel. He lived 400 years before the law. You know people keep talking about law and grace. No, it's not law and grace, it's works and grace. The covenant that God made with Adam was a covenant of works. He had to work it. Three things he had to do and he failed, didn't he? And because he failed... Whether we like it or not, and this was very hard for me as a young christian I thought, why should I come under the, the law of sin and death? Because my forefather, Adam, failed. And I said to the Lord, well, when I get to heaven, will he be in security? And the Lord said to me, if you'd have been there, you would have failed. So don't you point the finger And you know, we're very quick to point the finger, aren't we? But you know, Adam failed, didn't he? But God gave him another covenant, and that's the covenant of grace. And this is what he said to him, I'm going to give you a seed of the woman that's going to crush the serpent's head. And Adam didn't really know what it was all about, did he? But 20 generations later, 10 generations after the flood, there was a man in Ur of the Chaldees and he must have been wondering what's going to happen to us? He must have... It's true to say that Abraham knew Shem. Those people lived so long in those days. Day, you know, everybody knew everybody for many generations. Not like today; they all we all go home. <laughs> and I suppose Shem must have said, "Would well, you know my father Noah built this ark? Hundred years building it. We brought wood from everywhere to build this massive wood vessel. But as David said last night, God is very specific in what He tells you." The tabernacle was very specific, and the ark was the same, and it didn't sink. <laughs> it did not sink, <laughs> although the heavens open and the depths open, <laughs> it survived. What was God doing? He was He was surviving, giving a seed. A seed was surviving through the flood until somebody actually believed that word of promise and it was Abram and he chose two people a family, a woman this is God who was barren could not have children (laughs) this is God isn't it (laughs) he chooses people us that are not that right you know he chooses to show his revelation of truth to us <laughs> and yet there's all these people with degrees you know degrees yeah. and PhDs <laughs> post hole diggers <laughs> mm. I was just talking to a leader in one of the large denominations and he said, we've had trouble in our Bible college through PhDs. I said, I'm not surprised when you have post diggers there. He laughed. You can only have this. This is it. The Word of God. Do you know what John Bunyan says about Abraham? He said, when he was an Ur, and it says in Scripture, the Lord appeared to Abram. Well, I haven't had the Lord appear to me, have you? But if you read about anybody in the Scripture where the Lord appeared, it was the glory. You imagine. (laughs) When the Lord appeared to Saul of Tarsus, what happened to him? He, he went blind with the glory. He fell flat on his face. He couldn't eat for three days and three nights. He saw the glory. You see, the fact of the matter is that God wants to manifest his glory in the church. But my people are a camp somewhere at the cross. All they talk about is Passover. What about Pentecost? What about tabernacles? And it seems that Abraham got the whole package. Let me read to you what Paul says here in Galatians. Galatians 3. In verse 6, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. The question is, are you of faith? Do you believe that you're more than forgiven? That you're actually justified by faith? Yes. Do you actually believe that you've been justified? By faith. And that work is a complete work. You're the same person, because God justifies people like me, ungodly people, when I got born again, and put his righteousness on me. So when God looks at me, he sees Christ's righteousness and I am accepted. But the great John Bunyan says, justification stands in imperfection. Think about that. Justification stands in imperfection. That's why God has to discipline you, train you in order for you to grow spiritually like he did Abraham. Why is Abraham the father of the faith? Because he believed God. He was justified. He was saved then. Wasn't he? Didn't have to wait for Matthew to write his gospel to get saved. Oh no. He was saved. Amen. In fact, he was more than saved. Mm-hmm. He became the friend of God. Amen. And when God was going to do something, the Scripture says, oh, don't I think I want to tell my friend Abraham what's about to happen?" You know, this man Abraham. I'm. I really. Be- I say, Lord, is that right? Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same, I can have the same faith, you can have the same faith, because we're children of Abraham, and he believed God, and he was, and the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, what did God do to? His Paul says preached before the gospel to Abraham. He preached the gospel to Abraham, saying, in thee all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed. For as many as under works of the law Cursed is everyone that continues not in all the things that are written in the book of the law, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. Paul had an awful lot of job with his Jewish brothers, didn't he? They wanted to bring legalism into the gospel, bring circumcision into the gospel. It's like when the Methodists joined the Pentecostals, they bring all their nonsense with them. Yeah. And the Plymouth brethren bring all their nonsense with them. I've seen it: perfectionism and all this nonsense. You know, aye, it's a job in it. The law is not a faith, but the man. That and this is this is the point that the. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, being made a curse for its written curse, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. For what reason? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You know, Abraham did not know how God was going to work this out. We don't know how God is going to work in Ireland. We just got our faith and just believe. When the disciples asked Jesus, what should we do? He told them to believe and don't doubt. The word of God to the natural mind does not seem reasonable. God will tell people things that don't seem natural and normal. It's like when God told, raised up Elijah, don't know where he came from, a He said, you go to Ahab and you tell him there's going to be a drought and a famine. And during this drought, you've got to go down to a brook called Cherith, and ravens are going to come in the morning with meat. <laughs> ravens. You know, I don't think he told any of his family what was going to happen to him because they wouldn't have believed him. (laughs) Ravens are going to feed you. We don't quite know how long he was there by a brook. And then to keep him in the drought again, he sent to some foreign woman, not even an Israelite, a a widow woman in Sidon, and she's just about to eat her last meal and die, she said. And he sent there. You see, God does things that are not... We can't compute it. He's beyond our, we just believe it. (coughs) You just believe it. If it's written in the word, you believe it. But there's something here that astounds me about Abraham, because when he went on his journey, of course, he hit a famine. Then he had a a family war with Lot, (laughs) And then he was in an actual war (laughs) between five kings and four kings. So, you know, his life wasn't easy, you know. You know, went down to Egypt and they fancied Sarah. You see how Satan will try and kill the seed, a promise in your life. You think the trial that Abraham went through in Egypt, what a trial that was. But he still believed he could have that seed didn't he? and in fact he had to wait 25 years before this seed turned up and of course he had a go at producing that seed didn't he he had a good go there, he listened to his wife and they had what they call an Ishmael <laughs> Ishmael causes a lot of problems <laughs> he's causing a lot of problems today it's like the church when it decides to do something that's not of god, it's an Ishmael. It does not work. <laughs> does it? And then you have to cast this son out and the bondwoman. The whole thing gets very messy and difficult, doesn't it? It's far better for us to understand that Passover, Pentecost and tabernacles has given us access to God the Father and isn't it better for you and I in our life before we decide to do anything that we consult our Father isn't that right wouldn't we save ourselves so much heartache I've been so, down so many dead ends cul-de-sacs in my life I think and you're so patient with me Lord and I'm still here (laughs) I mean ask Irene we've been married nearly 50 years she's had to put up with me for 50 years (laughs) St. Irene (laughs) she was warned by people about me she was warned (laughs) but we're still here (laughs) It's the grace of God, it's the mercy of God. It's unbelievable, but it is believable. It works. This gospel does work if you work it. (laughs) It's not easy. It's it's simple but it's not easy. (laughs) Isn't it? It's simple but it's not easy. But you just gotta keep your fellowship with the Father. This is the important thing. You've got a father. You know, Bunyan says this. He says, there's some people who call themselves Christians. Oh yeah, they want Jesus. And they want their sins forgiven. And they want to go to heaven. But don't draw me any closer. Because I don't want somebody to tell me what to do in my life. And then they wonder where everything goes pear-shaped. They wonder why this gospel does not work. Well, what is the model prayer? Does it say Jesus? No, it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We pray to the Father so we must go to the Father, but we can only go to the Father through the Son and with the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And so Abraham was learning, he was learning this this pathway of faith and it's the same for you. You've come so far and you might think you've arrived, but you haven't. And <laughs> this is a problem. You know Satan is good at scams. He's a master scammer. You know it's like this person that rings me up on the phone and they say "Uh, something wrong with your internet and your telephone. You immediately need to do that. We're about to cut it off. I said I'm cutting you off. Bang. (laughs) Yeah. He's a master scammer. Gurnel says he comes to you all dressed up in fine livery, but he actually is inside, a brat from hell. He's such a liar. He's such a deceiver. You don't underestimate him, so you better keep in fellowship with your father. Because if you can keep in fellowship with Father God, then you're going to get inside information. You're going to get wisdom. You're going to get discernment. You're going to get revelation. (laughs) And so, you're going to get light. The word of God puts the light on Satan's scam. He tells you, no, no, no. We have an enemy. And the enemy tried his best to stop Sarah having a baby. Egypt, family feud, Ishmael, a war. But as you go through Abraham's life, he's growing spiritually all the time. And although Abraham made mistakes, when we read it in the scripture, God doesn't put it in his word. He says he's the father of the faith. Hallelujah. And he's saying you're one of his children. <laughs> and you can be blessed <laughs> like Abraham was. And didn't God bless Abraham? They reckoned he was the richest man in the East. It's not so much the riches, although they're all right, but it's getting the blessing from God is what you need. You need that fellowship of Father God. That's what you need. So when you wake up in the morning, you think, well, Father God, I'm awake. You go to the Word. This is the Word of the Lord. This is the God made flesh. If you can get your eyes on it and meditate on it, and God will speak to you. You know, I, 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 I don't think I'll speak on this here, but my book at the moment is the book of Hebrews. I'm into Hebrews now in a big way. <laughs> you know, I always think of Henry, when I used to go around with him, and he had all these sayings, and if you read the glory book, there's a page where all these sayings, and one of the sayings that's missing in the glory book is two words, enter in. And of course, some people don't have a clue what he was on about. (laughs) Enter in, enter into what? (laughs) But in Hebrews, (laughs) I think it says 13 times enter in. Well, Abraham was traveling now and growing in his faith and he was entering into his full inheritance. Do you know you've got to keep moving with God? God has got something new the whole time. Look at nature. It's not the same flowers this year as last year. We get new flowers. Do we? There's something new for you every day. He's a God of variety. He's got a wonderful menu laid out for you. But you just got to come to the table and start eating. <laughs> Haven't you? But do we put this first? You know, Paul said to Timothy, you need the word for reproof, for correction, for doctrine, and for understanding what God is. So I come to this word now. You know, Moses was, was called at the bush, burning bush. Some people think that was his conversion. And when Moses moved out, God empowered him with tremendous power, didn't he, to face the most powerful ruler in the world at that time, the Pharaoh. He put so much power on him that even Pharaoh feared him in the end. You think about that. What God can do with one man. And yet God said to Moses, oh no, you don't re- you to live by this rod and this power, you live by every word. Every word that proceeds out of my mouth. You need the word. You need to read it. Read Hebrews when you go home and just read the whole epistle. And then read it again. And then read it again. And then take some notes. And you'll find out there's an awful lot in Hebrews that can warn you about Satan's strategy to overcome him. Yeah. Don't neglect. One is this so great a salvation. See, Satan's got tools like discouragement. He can discourage a believer. And it's a, it's a very clever strategy of the enemy to discourage young young christians you see we believe we've got to do these seminars to help people understand it's not all going to fall on you like ripe cherries off a field off a tree you're going to have to do something or as paul says in hebrews 4 you're going to have to labor to enter this rest you see when you think about israel The children of Israel, they failed really, didn't they? Because the pressure, but if you had eyes to see like Joshua, he didn't fail. So it's possible to be fail in the making because you're not staying in the presence. You're not fellowshipping with your father on a daily basis you have to walk around and say this is what Abraham learnt, you notice he says he built an altar every time he built an altar he gave an offering and he worshipped he built an altar he gave an offering and he worshipped and that was his lifestyle and before and when God was going to give him and, of course, there's a whole problem of circumcision. That's a big subject. but And that is, is revealed to us by Paul in Colossians. That's a foretelling of the cross, the circumcision. It's the covenant of circumcision. But then, before he was gone, the Lord appears to him. I think Abraham, the Lord appears to him three times. He says, these three men appeared to him, and he prepared a goat, remember, and they, and they said at the, at the set time your Isaac is going to appear <laughs> and Sarah in the tent laughed oh yeah, me, an old woman like me but this is God so whatever circumstance you're going through if you can keep in fellowship with God, you come knocking at your door one day and say what you're asking for is coming He's coming. But he's keeping in fellowship. You walk round and you say, Thank you, Father, for choosing me. Thank you, Father, for adopting me. Thank you, Father, for loving me. Thank you, Father, for blessing me. And you keep telling God how good he is. And you keep saying, thank you, Lord. This is the secret, isn't it? Fellowship with Father. Get into the celebration of the Godhead. Get into the dance of heaven. It's perfect unity. Do you know, sometimes you're going to have to leave the maddening crowd. I call it the maddening crowd. Or as Willie Burton used to call the mixed multitude (laughs) that came out of Egypt. (laughs) A lot of mixed multitude came out of Egypt. They didn't help them when they were in the world. Oh, you want to go back to the leeks and the onions? So a 16-day journey turned into a 40-year nightmare. Didn't it? Let us fear, left a promise being left us of entering into the rest. Any of you should fail to believe God. I don't want to be one of them that fail. Do you? Don't you really believe that God means what he says? And if he means what he says and you can believe it, you'll have it. You know, I was driving up here on Saturday to Mid Wales. And I thought my foot was falling off. I couldn't feel the pedal of the car. Anyway, I was dry, quite a slow road, so I had my foot and I was rebuking this thing. you know. I said, get off my foot. <laughs> you know, we've got to resist the enemy. Yeah, yeah. you've got to stand up. Your salvation is sealed by the blood of Jesus. It's legal. Satan is an illegal terrorist. You have a right to use the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus against him. And we can do that. And there's Abraham. They come and tell him, Sarah laughs. But Isaac came. It means laughter, doesn't it? My, that must have been something. This wonderful lady suddenly got her youth renewed and she had Isaac. But it's in that seed. Do you know that if you can understand what Jesus teaches in Matthew 13, that this word is Seed. It's seed. Do you understand? The parable of the sower, and Jesus explains it. And he says, I talk in parables because these people have eyes but they don't see. They have ears but they don't hear. And they have hearts but they don't understand. But to you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So really, Our place is in heaven. Yeah. Our church is Mount Zion in heaven. We have a great wonderful minister, the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you can come to Father God with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and keep in union and communion and keep worshipping and keep sowing seed giving your offering God will anoint it the fire will come down on your life and you would experience the presence of God and you know his blessing The blessing of the Lord, which maketh rich and adds no sorrow. And God will go before you and give you wisdom, what to do, what to say, where to go. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Abraham survived the Egyptian adventure. (laughs) He survived the house of Lot. (laughs) You know, Lot is a very appropriate name, isn't it? What a lot of trouble he caused. (laughs) He caused a lot of trouble. (laughs) Strife. I've seen meetings where the glories work, and you've got somebody with strife, you treat strife like a rattlesnake. Get it out the house. Amen. If the enemy comes to you and wants you to get in strife with some of you, say, devil, I rebuke you. Doesn't matter what that person's done to you. Doesn't matter who they are, what they are. If you've been justified by Jesus and he's your righteousness, he's your righteous judge and he's going to judge those people when you put it in God's hands. Yes, thank you, Lord. Jesus is your advocate. When you take it to the Father, it'll go to the highest court, and God will vindicate you. As one great preacher preached on, the vindication of the gospel. It is a wonderful thing. Justification. But because as we walk with Him, we are being sanctified. It's like you see. The, what the old preacher said, the revivalists, the Scottish. I think Thomas Boston, a great Scottish preacher, in um, around the Lowlands of Scotland. I can't remember the name of the place now. But Boston was one of these men that opened my eyes. I was a dispensationalist for a year. I didn't think the gospel started till Matthew. You know, I had all these religious ideas. You know, you can have some funny ideas. So I'm patient with you if you've got some funny ideas. God can change you. <laughs> He's changed me. <laughs> and I read Boston and he said to me, he got a book on the four states of man. And he said, the whole of the Bible covers four states the state of innocence the state of the fall and this is the terminology the state of recovery and the eternal state so we are in a state of recovery we haven't arrived we've got a complete justification yeah, it's complete there's no condemnation on us because we've been declared righteous. No guilt. And if we do sin, we've got to advocate with Jesus, the righteous one. Confess our sins. But, you see, we're in this state of recovery. Abram started out as Abram. He ended up as Abraham, the father of the faith. Didn't he? and his obedience is outstanding you read it there's seven definite steps and of course 15 years later he's told by God to take Ishmael it isn't that significant at Mount Moriah it isn't that significant isn't that prophetic isn't it you think about it And Abraham doesn't tell Sarah, wiggles were said. He just said, we're going on a journey. (laughs) And I don't think he did tell Sarah. (laughs) And he laid him on the altar. Do you know what I believe? That Abraham thought that if he sacrificed his son, it would crush the serpent's head. But as as Hebrews 11 says, he actually believed that God would raise him from the dead. My, what faith that is. And God said, now I know that this man, Abraham, believes in me completely. You see, your Isaac is your body, is your temple and we even when we get on the altar we want to jump off pretty quick we don't want the treatment but your body can talk to you boy you know that don't you it can lead you by the nose you know coming up some of this and it kills you Yeah. but you see Abraham believed God I'm saying to you I believe that he's an example study Abraham's life study how he obeyed God how he heard God and he became the friend of God I want to be the friend of God, do you? Yes. I want to be the Lord has shown me recently how wonderful the Holy Spirit is! Yes, he's a wonderful person. How wonderful the Lord Jesus is, but how wonderful is our Father God? Oh, it's the Father God that loved, that gave the Son. It's Father, and if you read what Paul, uh, the Apostle John, I believe the Apostle John. Of all the apostles, was the closest to Jesus. Of all the apostles, he was the closest. He was at the cross with the Marys, wasn't he? When the cry of delection went, and before Jesus died, he said to uh, John, you take in my mother. Why would Jesus say that to John? I think we know perfectly well that none of his brothers believed that Jesus was the Messiah. None of them. It wasn't until after the resurrection that they believed. So probably by this time they would said to Mary, "Oh, this son you had, look what's happened to him, he's a criminal. Look at the trouble he's caused. You see what unbelief does? But the resurrection changed everything. We got two little letters in the gospel, James and Jude, his half brothers. But he didn't say to James and Jude, they weren't there. They were so ashamed, were they? But John was there. And you know, John says this. He says this. If a man loved me, he would keep my words. And my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. That's what I need. That's what you need. But you've got to love Jesus for the Father to love you for him to come and make his abode with you that is Passover, that is Pentecost, that is tabernacles. Glory. You're supposed to be a tabernacle of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 2 Corinthians 6. Know ye not? We sing a song and the You are the temple. But do we know it? Do we wake up in the morning and forget who we are? As James says, do we look in the mirror and think, oh no. (laughs) No, we should look in the mirror of the Word. (laughs) This is the mirror, the Word. And we see ourselves in Christ. We see ourselves beloved. We see ourselves chosen. And we say, thank you, Father, for loving me, for choosing me. Isn't it wonderful? Don't you want to say, I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord, for loving me. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons and daughters of the living God. We're on our way, brother, sister. We're on our way, we're pilgrims and we're going and and we can rejoice on this way. Don't get the moans and the groans. Don't go up Grumble Alley and Moaning Street. Keep praising God. Keep rejoicing. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you'll win the war. (laughs) The war has been won but you have to enforce it. Don't you? We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Let's encourage one another to believe God. Like Abraham, and obey God. When he says to you to do something, do it. You know, it's like what John says in John 2, 5, about the water. Fill the water pots. Whatever he says to you, do it. Why? No, do it. No, we don't want water, we want wine. No, do it. Yeah. Well, we wash our feet in that. No, do it. Yeah. You see, sometimes we don't feel very spiritual. You can't go by how you feel you gotta walk by faith. I don't feel like praying. I've had a bad day, and my foot hurts, and my head hurts, and this hurts, and all this. No, no, no. You keep praising God. You're releasing the power of God in your life. Yeah, and if you need to give an offering to somebody and give them something, you give it. I don't want to give that person money. You give it. No matter what you think, it's what God says. Isn't it? Sow, and you'll reap. Sow, and you'll reap. Oh, there we are. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. There's just a scripture. I want to find it here. This is what it says in Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is what? It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. What does it do? It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul, spirit, what it says in here, joints and marrow was simply your body, (laughs) right? You are a spirit that has a soul and you live in a body. And the word of God is powerful, it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's why Solomon says in Proverbs 4, you have to keep your heart with all diligence. If somebody irritates you, don't be walk around irritated all day. (laughs) Swat the blooming thing. Get it out and swat it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there are people that irritate you. Don't nurse it and don't rehearse it. Don't nurse it and don't rehearse it. What you've got to do is take it and drop it in the bin. Bin it. Yeah, bin it. I think Ishmael was a bit of an irritant. He was a right irritant. So, the best thing to do is understand you don't want Ishmael in your house. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. See, the Word of God is able to discern what you're thinking. So, if you're not thinking right, then you're not right. It's only this will put your thinking right. Isn't That's why we need to read a lot of this don't read the newspaper, Did put it in the bin. <laughs> Half of it's not true anyway, so bin it. <laughs> read the word. Amen. Well, when you go home, read, read uh, Hebrews. I don't know whether I speak on Hebrews tomorrow. I think I'll speak on David, but I, I, if you... <laughs> There's some things in Hebrews that blows quite a few of this uh, modern day doctrine out the window actually. I, and I don't want to get into that. I don't want to be controversial. I just want to feed you the word. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. no, the word of God is quick and powerful. This is God's word, God's seed. This is how God created the world. He, he spoke and it came into being. So what has got to happen when you read the word, it's got to go from the Logos to the Rima. And it's coming into you there. It's, it's, you're, you're receiving food for this inner man. It's the prayers of Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. A great preacher that helped me died in the last century. He used to read these prayers regularly. He said it changed his life. The prayer in Ephesians 1 and the prayer in Ephesians 3. You see, we've got to get strengthened in the spirit man. You know, I've done a Bible study sometimes with three people out here. A big person. Yeah, you'd be a okay. We could do it tomorrow. We could have you out here tomorrow in one chair. A very tiny person um, at the end, and a normal person on the other chair. And what the big person is, he's the flesh. The body. And the little person is the spirit. And what I say is you've got to starve the big person so he gets thin and small, so he can't squash the little person. See? See? And that's what you've got to do feed the inner man and sometimes you just don't get it at first but you keep meditating it keep chewing it and eventually the nutrients will get inside you and you'll feel different you will you think you know as I often say you feel like that bloke who ate the spinach isn't it what's his name now It's like spiritual spinach. <laughs> and he had a woman with him, didn't he? Olive, Olive. 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 Well, we know from the Word of God that this Word is supernatural. Elijah could run faster than a chariot with four horses. You can you work that one out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is something, isn't it? Well, David, a little bloke, 17 years old, you know, faced this massive 9 foot 6 bloke, one of these giants. But you see, the power of God got older of the pebble and it became a guided missile. <laughs> And he only had a little part, we didn't have any armour, and he went straight in there and he went down like a log. Oh. The word of God is quick and powerful. Isn't it? You've got to believe it. You've got to, you've got to put your whole mind on it. Give your whole body, soul and spirit. See, so as you well, the, the Roman epistle after all Paul has said He's used Abraham, we haven't gone to Romans, but, and then he uses David. So we do Abraham this morning, and we talk something about David tomorrow. Yeah. Two great men. And and the strange thing is, there's quite a lot of similarities between them. They understood the covenant. You see, this is the point. You've got a covenant. And you know when God shows up in the word of God, the Lord of hosts turns up. Amen. All the hosts of heaven turn up. Yeah. At Peniel. And, you know, and when, well, when Joshua stood before Jericho, Peniel Peniel means, yes. I think it does mean the house of God, yeah. Bethel means the house of God. I'm not sure what Peniel means. But Peniel was the place where Jacob was changed, you see. It's where he was changed, converted, as they say. These, these names, I'm not brilliant on history and names. I just stick to the <laughs> truth. <laughs> uh, our local minister is very good on history. He drags it all out. But I don't know. It's important. I think when you take the word of God and you realize it's faith food, it's going to feed your faith. And as John the Apostle says, this is the victory that overcovers the world, even our faith. So faith is something you've got to develop. You know, uh, uh, John Bunyan says, it's the chief of all graces. Bunyan talks about repairing your graces. We don't talk about it today, do we? But I I think they've got a point, these, these old revivalists and preachers, because if you lose patience, faith ain't going to work. Isn't it? It's by faith and patience you inherit the promises. Isn't it? And if you don't love joy, if you've got no joy, then you become a grump. <laughs> you know, Ireland really says to me, now you, you're not coming, becoming a grumpy old man, are you? You know, you've got to pull yourself up, haven't you? You know, it's like you're walking around with your trousers falling down. It's no good. You've got to pull yourself together. Haven't you? Because we live in a world it has got all this nonsense, this media, this television, this paper, this is all rubbish. What you need to do is just shut it off and just get on your own and get with the Father. Get with the Father, isn't it? Are you going to do that? Are you, are you going to read Hebrews? <laughs> I recommend Hebrews to you. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Enter in. I want to have everything this God got for me. Do you know we're heirs and joint heirs, aren't we? We're With Jesus. Well, why shouldn't you walk by faith and receive every benefit that you're supposed to have? My health prescription each day is Psalm 103. Who forgiveth all my iniquities and he healeth all my diseases. Do you need some aches and pains healed this morning? Is there something, you know, bothering you? Use your faith. Use your faith. Keep using it. Keep exercising it. You know, they tell me now, because of my age, I've got to do these exercises. I've got to put my hands up and do all this and stretch the ceiling and do this with my legs and stop (laughs) me seizing up, you know. Well, you've got to exercise your faith. Don't seize up. (laughs) No. This is what you've got to do. You can do it. Because you've got somebody in you. we got the Father, we got the Son, and we got the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, this morning. That you are our great High Priest. That you are our great intercessor. And we can go to you, Father God. We lift our hands to you, the creator of the ends of the earth. And we say, thank you, Lord, for giving us such a wonderful salvation, such a wonderful inheritance, and we're going to enjoy it. The Shorter Catechism says, we're here to glorify God and enjoy Him. And we're going to enjoy Him. But in His presence is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore, So keep shouting, keep praising, and keep dancing. Hallelujah.